In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, uh, dear friends and family of Isri, and most especially dear Andrani and Niv and Babita and Oliver, uh, grace, mercy, and peace be yours from Christ our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. For the sermon, I want to focus on the exchange of words between Jesus and the thief that was crucified with him. Uh, But before I tell you of the great comfort that we have in that exchange, in those words, I want to say a few words about our dear brother, Isri. Um, If you knew Isri, uh, you knew a great man. Uh, He accomplished so much in his life. Uh, He was born in Guyana. Uh, He moved here to the States. He was a businessman. Uh, He owned a dry cleaning chain and a package uh, shipping store. Uh, And through hard work and perseverance and a lot of hustling, he fulfilled the American dream, so to speak. Uh, He married a lovely woman in Indrani, and he had two wonderful daughters and a grandson, Oliver. Uh, And Isri loved fishing and boating. It was his passion. Uh, On top of all of this, uh, he was incredibly selfless and generous. Uh, In fact, I have a... I just looked through it today. Uh, I have a stack of CDs and movies <laughs> uh, in my office of all the things he gave me. Uh, it's just like a corner for Isri of, of all the gifts. Um, when Isri and Andrani would have me over for, uh, for um, just to visit, just to catch up, uh, they would ha- it was just me and they would have an entire table uh, filled with food, <laughs> uh, massive plates, and I, I couldn't eat it all. I, I tried, and then I had to take it home. Um, it, was, it was just that generous. Um, and after catching up and praying together uh, and singing hymns together, uh, they'd send me home with more food and a gift, always. Um, now, I, I'm not going to stand here and say that I knew Isri better than you did. I, I think there's some here at Zion and the church who knew him longer and better than I did. Uh, you know plenty about him. Uh, his own family does. And I know that if uh, uh, th- that some of you here right now could tell stories about Isri uh, for days. <laughs> um, now, I only knew Isri for the past six years since I became a pastor here at Zion. So I didn't know him as much or as well as many others did, as many of you did. But what I did know about Israel was all of the important things and the things that mattered most. And this is what I know about him. I knew that he was baptized in the name of Jesus at the age of 23 on March 25th, 1967. And I do know that he was confirmed in his faith in God and made a confession of faith before the world and before his maker, that Jesus is the Son of God, the living God, on July 8th, 1973. And I do know that he became a member of Zion, of this church, on March 7th in 2014, about a month or a month and a half before I was here at this church. Even more, I do know that he came to church with Indrani and that he would sit in right that seat right there, right, right behind you. Um, Every, every time. And he would stand up with the whole church and say, I, a poor, miserable sinner, 
confess unto you all my sins and iniquities. He would say that. And he had this memorized even. Uh, and I also know that he believed God's word when I said, Israel, the Lord forgives you all of your sins. And he believed it, even while dying. I also know that what Israel really, truly believed was that God wiped away all of his sins when Jesus died on the cross. And I know this because Israel would tell me, uh, I listen to your sermons every day, Pastor. And I also know that he would watch movies and videos and presentations on the Reformation about his uh, dear brother, Martin, as he would call him, uh, Martin Luther, about God, about theology and so on. And he could not get enough of it. And I know this because he would come up to me after church nearly every Sunday and tell me about it. And in fact, it was to the point where Indrani had to push him, <laughs> pull him away so that he would stop talking. I loved it. Uh, but she was hungry and they had to go eat, right? Um, Israel loved Jesus. He loved the gospel of the free and full forgiveness. He loved being a Christian. He loved and worshiped the same God. And he knew what life used to be like without the gospel as he grew up a Hindu. But now he knows the truth of the gospel of Jesus who loves him. So the point I'm making here is that Israel was a strong man. And he was a strong mentally, physically, and had a strong character. And he provided for his family until he could not any longer. However, the time came when he could not do these things anymore. As you may know, Israel suffered from Alzheimer's. And he started to forget things. And his condition became worse. Now you can just imagine what sort of pain and trouble this is for someone taking care of him. Uh, Indrani took care of him and loved him unto the end. And she was there by his side feeding him, helping him, praying for him, singing hymns with him. In other words, she did nothing extraordinary. She simply kept her marriage vow. She stayed with him for better or for worse, for richer or poorer, uh, in sickness and in health. God be praised. Uh, the Proverbs say that a wife like this is a treasure worth more than gold. So the time came when Israel couldn't take care of anyone else and he could no longer even take care of himself. So I oftentimes hear people ask, uh, well, what happens then? What happens when you can't even remember anything? What happens when the time comes when you can't even speak or understand anymore? What happens when you cannot even remember Jesus anymore? Well, what happens is that you rest confidently, assuredly, and peacefully in that blessed exchange of words that Jesus had with that thief on the cross. Uh, while that thief was dying on the cross with Jesus, that thief cried out these words. He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. In other words, that poor man who was dying on the cross was saying, Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are the God of heaven and earth and that you are the Savior of the world. But in just a few moments, Lord, I will not be able to remember you. In just a few moments, I will not be able to do anything, in fact. I'm facing certain death, and so I humbly ask that you would remember me. 
What this man was asking for was this. He says, it's as if he said, look, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, when you come and you judge the world, you judge the living and the dead, and you give out the forgiveness of sins that you're winning right here in this moment, and you announce that eternal life and salvation to all of your dear children on that last day, please remember me. Please number me with those saints. Please remember me and don't forget me. Don't just look down on me and remember how much I needed you, how much you alone are my salvation. Just remember me in that final hour in that last day. And how does Jesus respond? Well, he doesn't say, well, you haven't been a very good person, have you? You haven't done enough good in your life. You can't amend your ways now. It's too late for you. And neither does he say, look, well, all right, uh, I'm going to do the best I can. And let me see what I can do. I'm going to put a good word for you with the, the, the big guy upstairs. No, he doesn't say that. Rather, he looks at this poor man dying on the cross. And with eyes filled with love, he says, today you will be in paradise with me. And this is everything. <laughs> this man says, look. Uh, hundreds of years from now in the future, when the day of judgment comes, I want you to remember me then. But Jesus looks at him and says, look, you don't need to wait a hundred years. You don't, in fact, you don't need to wait at all. In, in, I'm the judge. I'm the one who's going to judge the living and the dead on that day. And I'm here right now. So I don't have to wait till then. I can tell you what's going to happen then right now. I can just tell you right here and right now how it's going to end. And the verdict upon this man was, today you are in paradise with me. That is the verdict. In other words, I forgive you. I love you. Your sin is covered, erased from the Father's memory. And my judgment is of you is that you're perfectly innocent and holy and righteous because of the blood that is coming out of my veins right now. The blood is covering your sins and it always will. So you don't have to wait. And you don't have to wonder. You don't have to die afraid. And in fear wondering what's going to happen. When you lose all of your faculties. Your reason and your senses. Your ability to breathe and move and think and choose. Jesus says I will still be here with you. I will not slumber. I will not sleep. And I am giving you my word right now. My final judgment here in this moment today, you will be with me. In a few hours, you'll be, I will see you in heaven. So, I don't have to remember you because we'll be there together. There's no way I'll be able to forget you. <laughs> you have my word, you can count on me, and I will not let you down. And this, dear saints, is the gospel. This is what it means to be a Christian. It means that you can rest in peace. You can even suffer in peace. You can even die in peace, knowing that your salvation does not depend upon your own mind, your own will, or your own decision. Your, your salvation does not depend even on your, your remembrance of Jesus, but it depends chiefly upon Jesus' remembrance of you. That is what matters. And he remembers you. And he has remembered our dear brother Isri. Even when Isri could not remember him, God remembered him. In all of Isri's life, out of all the things that he said and thought and did, 
what matters most, and this is what he would say mattered the most, was the forgiveness of sins. It mattered most that even in his final years of life, in these final moments, Jesus was remembering him. But that is all over now. Because Jesus doesn't have to remember him anymore. Because Israel is with him. Israel is with Jesus. And he always will be. Jesus left his throne in heaven to be with Israel in baptism. Every time he was here in church, Jesus was here with him. Jesus was with Israel in his body and his blood as he knelt here and ate and drank the blood and body and blood of Christ for his forgiveness. Jesus came to be where Israel was so that Israel could be where Jesus is in the glory of the Father. So, dear saints, remember your brother Israel. Remember all the good things he did and all the memories you had with him. And imitate him. Imitate his generosity. Imitate the good things he did, the good words and deeds he said. But more than that, believe what he believed. Put your faith in Jesus as he did. Remember that Israel knew and trusted that Jesus would remember him and save him in his final hour, and he did. Israel loved you. And he loved Jesus. And he talked about you, his family, uh, and he prayed for you often. And his greatest and his chief desire was that you would know and believe that Jesus loved you. He wanted you to be in heaven with him. Jesus remembered Israel, but this isn't only true for him. It is true for all of you here today. In fact, to everyone in the whole world, the gospel is for everyone and it is for you. So remember the God who remembers you. Remember the God who will not forget you in your final hour. Remember the one who will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you and he loves you. So with these final words, um, Indrani, uh, remember that the Lord will continue to take care of you. He will bless you and he will keep you um, and don't give up or get discouraged. Keep singing uh, your hymns and reading the Bible. <laughs> and Niv and Vabita, uh, thank God he gave you Israel to be your father uh, and trust in the same God he trusted. And Oliver, uh, remember that your grandpa is in heaven with Jesus and that you will see him again. Uh, for those of you who knew Israel, don't let your hearts be troubled. Jesus remembered him, and he will remember you, and he will bring you to paradise with him. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.